Before creation breathed its first breath And all there was to be was not yet You were seated there on your throne High and glorious God alone You're the one I worship and adore Every moment leaves me wanting more In your presence I am overcome I sing your praise at the top of my lungs. Yeah, you are God, the great I am, holy, eternal King. And yeah, you are God, yeah. What is man that you would know our names? Who are we to receive amazing grace? My debt is paid and I have been set free. I stand secure, righteous, and redeemed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You are God. So great.
Good morning, Carpenter's Way. Wasn't it cool walking in the building this morning, seeing all the tables, getting to talk to all the people? We should just do this every week, right? Just have people coming in from Florida and Tulsa and wherever we're coming from. But yeah, I hope you guys got to stop at some of the tables. They will be there after service too. So if you didn't get to, to stop and talk to them, that's okay. You can catch them after the service. A little different this morning. We're going to have a worship set. And then we're going to have like a little panel we're going to get to talk to and maybe get to ask some questions and that kind of stuff. So anyway, if you're in the room, uh, you're more than welcome to stand and worship with us. Uh, last week I made you stand up. I'm not going to make you do that this week. But uh, if you want to, you can stand and worship. If you're checking us out on the internet, uh, don't be a spectator. Jump in with us this morning. I find my shelter in you, my God, and there you give me rest. You are my refuge and my safe place. My strength is in your name, and though I stumble, you won't let me fall. You hold me The details of my life With love that conquers my every fear Your kindness draws me near And though I stumble, you won't let me fall You hold me in your Praise your great 
My soul finds rest in God alone. Salvation comes from Him. He is my rock, my fortress. I shall not be shaken. I am overwhelmed and I'm amazed. I cannot help but sing. Yes, I am overwhelmed and I'm amazed. I cannot help. When I think of what you've done for me, you canceled all my debt. Now you've given me your righteousness and holiness. Oh, I am overwhelmed and I'm amazed. I cannot help but see. Yes, I am overwhelmed and I'm amazed. I cannot help but see. Could it be the Lord of all the earth loves me just as I am? Enough to crush His only Son so I could come to Him. Sins on held against 
standing would you please stand with me as we read the scripture together have you not heard have you never understood the Lord is the everlasting God the creator of all the earth he never grows weak or weary no one can measure the depths of his understanding he gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless even the youths will become weak and tired, and young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar on high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. And there was life And saw how it should be and Who is like our God Who sent His Son to die To set the captive free We will exalt You Our God the King And over all the earth we will sing being thrown with our worship to you by the praise that you'll do will be enthroned let our worship reach you like the sin of perfume lifting you will be
things that you'll do will be in throne that I worship reach you but like the sin of perfume lifting you will you belong will be in throne over all our suffering and over all our suffering and over all our fear and over every sickness and over every tear and over all of our desires over all our dreams we exalt you high oh lord we enthrone you high king we enthrone you high king we enthrone you I worship to you by the praise that you'll do for being thrown that I worship reach you like the sin of perfume lifting you where you belong for being thrown being thrown with I worship to you by the praise that you'll do for being throne that I worship reach you like the sin of perfume lifting you where you belong for being throne being Jesus, I surrender all to Him. I freely give. I will ever love and trust Him in His presence. Take 
it all. Oh, I give it all to you. Do what you want to do. Here at your feet I bow. Come take me now. I give it all to you. Do what you want to do. Here at your feet I bow. Come take me now. You may be seated. Well, this is uh, so glad to see you this morning. Welcome if you're watching online. I'm going to ask the mission investment team to make their way up front and our mission pastors. Uh, this is a different day today. Um, yeah, children dismissed for their, uh, their GPS program. They're leaving anyway. I don't know why I dismiss them. But um, before, uh, before we get into what we're going to do this morning, uh, I just want to take some time to pray for what's going on in our world. Uh, man, you know, we just sang, do what you want to do, come take me now. Man, think about the depth of that. Come take me. That means anything you want to do with me, you can do with me. And I, man, I know we mean that in our heads, but that is such a, a, that is such a huge prayer. I mean, it's, it's all-encompassing, and, um, you know, I was telling Julie this morning, um, is, is that me? Am I, am I not working right? We're good? Okay. So, um, and I, I, was, I was just telling Julie this morning, it's really hard to know exactly how to pray. I mean, I want to pray in my flesh. I want to pray, take Putin out, right? Uh, because that is my angle. And then I realized, but man, we've got a lot. Of, we, we support missionaries in Russia. We've sent short-term teams to Russia. There are lots of believers in Russia. In fact, much of the work, and there is mission work going on in North Korea right now, is happening in Iran and North Korea out of Russia. God is using the people in that nation. So then I want to pray. I mean, I've been blown away at the courage of the people of Ukraine. And you may or may not be aware of it, but there's been a lot of writing. I've tried to post some stuff on our Facebook page. Um, and uh, there, the Ukraine is an interesting location because since the Soviet Union fell, there has been huge revivals, spiritual revivals there. And actually, out of the Ukraine, much of the mission work in Russia and North Korea also is done out of there. These are countries that are friendly with places that don't like NATO. And so... There are so many Christians. It is interesting, and I, I know that a lot of you are not on Facebook, but that's the easiest place for us to put real quick announcements and different, not announcements, we can email those to you, but like articles for you to read. But one of the things that's going on in Ukraine that's interesting is the churches are gearing up for whatever's going to happen, for whatever. And uh, some churches, and if you ever wonder, well, what does the church do when all hell breaks loose? What does the church do? Well, churches that we've been in contact with are actually started when, when Russia began to move towards them. They began treating their people how to triage people who are injured in war. They, they don't, they're not doctors, but they, they cut up bandages. They prepared rooms in their worship centers and churches to do medical care. They stored up food for people that were hungry. They became the church, and they are doing it. And I don't know about the politics behind that. I am sure that Ukrainians are angry. I'm sure that Russians are angry, believers. But we are the body of Christ. And through these crazy times, and I know it's scary. You know, you got, you, you got crazy people at the helm. 
And uh, I, I know that scares you, but you just sang, and I think sometimes we sing and we don't think about what we're singing. We just sang our God and our King. And Jesus encouraged us to seek first His kingdom, not our own. And I'm not saying, I actually think that this is a huge argument right now, what's going on in the United States and in Washington, D.C. I want to argue that's why we vote. You need to vote. And whatever that means to you, I'm not promoting right or left. I'm simply saying that's when you get involved. You don't have to pick up guns. You can start by voting. You need to be informed. You need to see what, what will bring about God's kingdom the best, his kingdom values, and you vote. But also you understand that we are here as the temple of the Holy Spirit, ambassadors for the kingdom. And this, this place, this, this place we're meeting this morning, A, it's not God's house. This is God's house. We've been learning that in First Peter. But this is the home of Carpenter's Way Baptist Church, a local body, and we gather here. But that doesn't mean we just use it for uh, worship, but we also prepare ourselves to minister to people, illegal or legal, right or left, socialist, atheist, whatever, to, for the kingdom work. Because we are all missionaries who send missionaries out. And uh, boy, there's a lot to think about right now. And I know, I know listen, uh, my man, you know, the hair on the back of my neck is up. I, I have been so impressed, you know, um, with, with the leadership of Ukraine. I mean, it's incredible to watch some of the courage going on. Uh, and um, man, that president is something, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's pretty incredible, and we need to pray for them. That, that was just a second. This will go on 17. So uh, I think I picked up the wrong headgear because that, um, that was God saying, yes, son, amen. That'll wake you up in the morning. But boy, uh, whatever happens, you know, one thing you've got to say, and look, I'm not preaching this morning, but one thing you've got to see is, is I don't know if the Lord's return is in our lifetime, but you sure see things lining up. And I know we've been saying that since the disciples stood on the hill and looked up. But the world, wars, rumors of wars, I, I think, you know, this is going to be overcome and the world is going to celebrate peace and they're all going to high five each other. And that's what Thessalonians says before the Lord returns. So it says both in times of war as well as in times of peace. So I just want to remind you, keep the oil in your lamp. Keep the oil in your lamp. The Lord is coming back. He is coming back. And, uh, and keep your focus on the Lord. And I, I'm praying for the Christians in Ukraine. I am praying for the Christians in Russia. I am asking God to judge the wicked. Uh, I am asking him to take the wrong people down, those that are unsettling the world. But I am ending it with your will be done. Uh, do what you want to do. Come get me now. And that, that's kind of scary. And for those of you who think it's not scary, it's because you don't know how God works. Read the Bible. It is scary to surrender your life to him. And, uh, but it's also wonderful because the worst thing that can happen in this life is also the best thing that happens to the child of God. We go home. So keep your focus. It's going to be okay. And uh, what's, that, what's that post, David, you put years ago that I stole steady on? Steady on, family. Steady on and pray. And, I, and some of you are praying right, and some of you are going to pray left. Just pray God's will be done. 
and it's going to be okay. So we're going to take a moment, and uh, would, let's just, as a church, the body of Christ, you can talk to the Father. I'm going to be quiet for about 30 seconds. And in your heart, would you just, would you just pray for our world? Would you even pray for Putin? Pray that God redeems this man. Pray that his heart is transformed. Pray that his government becomes a government that, that cares about the things of God more than the things of earth. Now pray for the nation of Russia, that God would, God's name would be renowned, that people would come to know him as their Lord and their Savior and their King. And now would you pray for your Ukraine? Let's start with our brothers and sisters. There's an enormous group of believers there. Would you pray for them that God protect them and give them hope now for their government, we pray that God would turn their hearts towards him and there would be more revival in that land, that it would be a shining light in a dark world for his truth. And now pray for us that the body of Christ would know how to pray and how to vote and how to root and how to, how to have peace in a time that doesn't have a lot of peace. We commit our service to you now, Lord, and we love you and we trust you with the world and our families and this church. And now turn our eyes upon Jesus so that the things of the world will grow strangely dim. In your name we pray, amen. So this is going to be a very educational morning for all of you, but especially for those of you who've been visiting Carpenter's Way. We are very, very, very involved in world missions. Uh, world missions doesn't mean just outside of the United States, but inside of the United States. And just to give you some, some groundwork for what we do, uh, at least 15% of our budget goes towards world missions, both full-time and short-term. 11% right off the top of every dollar you get goes directly towards mission work. And then there's probably another 10 or 5 to 10% that goes towards short work trip. And then on top of that, when special needs come up across the globe, in fact, we were, we, uh, our Robert uh, was informed this week of a ministry in Ukraine, a church there that's trying to do the things that I mentioned. And so they're going to be talking about how can we support them. Uh, two years ago, in the about two years ago, uh, in Brazil. You know that we are neck deep involved with Amazon Outreach, which of course is a ministry that takes people on short-term mission trips down the Amazon. Well, and God in his, in his sovereignty has seen with COVID to shut that part of the ministry down. It's opened up again this last year and a half. Is that about right, Steve? Um, and, uh, but during that time, they began to support in a deeper level, the missionaries that we support on the river in Brazil, and we as a church were able to support not just well dig dig digging, but also food supplies. During that period, there were a lot of, of uh, migrants from Venezuela that went into Manaus, and we were able to send tens of thousands of dollars to church, a church there that was hosting them. So our mission investment team, our mission pastors, 
are, are involved with what's going, across, uh, 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 going around in the world, and that 15% sometimes tw swells to 20 to 25%. And we gave a lot of money over the past, you, whether you knew it or not, and we tried to keep you informed. I don't know if you remember, but one, uh, a couple years ago, we had a Ugandan pastor here talking about his ministry there, and you just started giving money. And we rented for a whole year for them we rented space to train and disciple pastors who had never even owned a Bible. You gave, I think, $6,000 just for Bibles for these pastors. So each of them have received Bibles, food, as well as a, a, a training center, and now they're about to buy one, and you've been involved with that. Um, so this is how it works, especially if you grew up in a Southern Baptist church or an Assemblies of God church. In the Southern Baptist tradition, you have a general budget that you give to every week. This matters because I'm going to tell you how much this matters to us. So, uh, and then twice a year at Easter and Christmas, you, we, there are special love offerings that are taken, and that money goes directly towards either International Mission Board for one of them, that's outside of the United States, and then the second offering is for United States Ministries. We don't do that. Uh, what happens over the, over the uh, history of my experience in the church is when people get mad at the pastor, if you have two budgets, they give to the mission budget and not to the church's general fund. That is, that's called dysfunction. And if you have a problem with me or with an elder, you should come talk to us, not, not just move your money around. And so when uh, many, many years ago, when we were working on the budget, this was well over 13, 14 years ago, we decided to put it all into the family budget. We are not a business. No matter how many church business leaders, executive pastors tell you, we are a family. And we tie the significant part of every dollar you give to missions. Like I said, 11% right off the top, 100% of that goes to international or national ministries that you're going to see out there today. Uh, then there's another 5, 10% that goes to short-term missions. And when that isn't used up, much of the time, if there's a need, we pour into that. Year in giving, we had very good year in giving. Five, five and a half percent of your year in giving over after we pay ourselves back for falling back in the year goes to missions. So there is a, and then we talk about how much you're giving. Look, I, can't, I cannot go and write these down and show you, but I actually think between your giving, just generally, personally giving to mission work, our general budget, our short-term mission, I actually believe there's probably three to $500,000 a year that goes out of this church towards mission work. So that's how committed we are. We have a, uh, we have a million dollar budget uh, because insurance is going up. Uh, and... Uh, and because I'm extremely well paid, uh, and I'm and I'm worth every penny. But but that gives you an idea of how serious the Bible says where your wealth is, that's where your heart is. And we our heart is in this. This is just money. On top of that, our investment is mostly people. Uh, Kevin Hudson has been our chairman of our elder council for the last two years. We kicked him off this year. Uh, for problems we'll talk about at a different time. And, uh, oh, that's right, you just turned off, Kevin, didn't you? I'm sorry. I thought it was a, another issue. Uh, but Kevin has been serving for two years. As, uh, well, you, how long have you been on the board with uh, Amazon Outreach? Five years. And the last year, and this year, you are the, exec, you're the head, right? The, the head of the board. So, and, and that's just that ministry. Uh, our people are uh, involved with Seasons of Hope. And the director comes to Carpenter's Way and the executive. So, so our church is neck deep. If you go into any ministry in this community, you're going to see Carpenter's Way people. It's just, it's just how it works. And, and uh, I don't, I don't want to go into the list because that's not, that shouldn't make us proud 
although it does, as much as, wow, we're really involved. So you've got the money part, and then you've got the person part, and then we're constantly throwing it out. And one of the things that I'm so encouraged about with our student ministry is Adam has really focused on, on mission work. What can we do in the community to, to love on people? So that's where we are as a church. <clears throat> and as I said, uh, this morning, like for instance, it was a few years ago that Kevin brought to the elder board, we need to do a mission day. And he and Robert basically pinned me to the ground and said, we're going to do it. <clears throat> or you're fired. And I already said I'm very well paid, so you're stuck with me. So, but basically, it was like three. Have we been doing this three years, Robert? Three or four? So four years ago, we started taking the last Sunday in, in February to make it an emphasis on missions, to highlight them, to have as many of our missionaries in and mission works in so that you could touch them, talk with them, shake their hands, volunteer. And so that's what's going on. And over the previous month, we would send, we would get video updates from our missionaries. And uh, I would love to see us be able to email them to you. But right now, the only place we can do that is on Facebook. So that's been going on the last 10 days. But just to give you an idea, I'm, I'm going to let, uh, I, so here's what we're going to do until 11 o'clock this morning. We're going to do a Q&A, which they're very excited about. I understand you are really excited about this. So he's going to sing Ave Maria, and the rest are going to answer questions. But what we, I'm just kidding. I, I think his wife just groaned. I, okay, so here's what this morning is. This morning's a family time. We're in our living room, and we're going to talk about mission work. Each of these people in front of you has been called into mission work by the Lord, whether they knew it or not. They are deacons. We have two deacons team. One is the mission investment team, and they serve in that capacity. And each of them have been nominated by you and prayed over by the elders and chosen by the elders for prayer, after prayerful consideration because of their personal investment in mission work. So you're going to hear about that today. You're going to hear from them. Uh, but you may not know that while we have five mission investment team members, we have two mission pastors, Jared Pig and uh, what's your name again? Robert Grimes. <laughs> We have two pastors. Neither of them, he loves to tell you, so I'm going to go ahead. Neither of them are paid except by the King of Kings. Uh, we believe that our paid staff should be at a minimum and our lay pastoral staff should be huge. Uh, you are the ministers of the church. We facilitate administratively that ministry. So that is the heart of Carpenter's Way, and that's where we function. So, so for the next 40 minutes or so, we're going to share with you. I'm going to ask some questions. You're going to hear from them. Um, and, then, uh, and, and then we're going to end this and go out there. The students have Bible study this morning, right? All right, so tw at, at 11 o'clock till 11.30, there is children's Bible studies as normal. None of our adult Bible studies are taking place. Students are going to go to their classes, and I think they're going to bring their Bible studies out to, to meander around the, the mission work. So with that being said, I'm going to turn this over and let Robert or uh, Jared has the microphone, and I've asked them to share first things that are on their heart about the mission work that they're involved in and that Carpenter's Way does, and then uh, I'll start asking questions. Good morning, Steve. Hello, can you hear me? Hello, hello, hello. Hello, hello. Something's going on. Satan does not want us to have this. We'll get it working. Hello, hello. One, two, three, four, five. Is that on? We're going to start yelling. How about mine? Let's try mine again. Does this, do you hear one? Hello. You light up my life. You didn't, you, you, you didn't hear what Pam just said, but it wasn't nice. Oh, one. there we go. 
Good morning, Carpenter's Way. Uh, it's very lovely to see you all this morning. Um, I just wanted to say thank you. Thank you for being here. This, yeah, this should be our fourth or fifth year, but we have had such a great turnout from you guys each year that this has happened. We had a busy little morning uh, uh, just now, and we have our, a lot of local partners out here with uh, tables ready to share their hearts, their ministry, their needs. And you guys have been just so instrumental in getting this going, and we are thankful for y'all. Um, Mark talked about the budget. Um, 10 to 25%, depending on the year, goes towards mission. That's a really good thing compared to most churches. And uh, that, should be, um, that should be something that we, you know, we should be very proud about. Uh, but I joke with them that I dream of the day we have 51% of the budget, so I keep nudging them more and more. Um, so he doesn't like talking about finances. If y'all want to make that work, you know, just, uh, you, know, you know what to do. So, um, but I want to say thank you. Uh, we, we do have, I want to say all the people out there are mostly local missions, most mo local mis mi ministries. Uh, we have Seasons of Hope, God Tell, Mosaic Center, Christian Miss Job Corps. Uh, we got a few more. I don't want to uh, forget one. Uh, please interact with them. Please talk to them. They're going to they're gonna tell you all about their ministries. Even if you met with them last year, talk to them again. Learn about what their needs are. Um, just get to know them because that is the, re the relationship of it all, and that's what counts. And we just want to be one their most valuable resources, and I believe we have been that as a church. Um, I do want to say we've talked about the regional trips we've kind of wanted to get going. I, I, I do want to mention that again because uh, I had a few notes. Me and Robert got to go on a, on a vision trip in the Houston area, and some interesting uh, stats that the, the, the gentleman that took us around gave us, but let me just find this, sorry. Sorry. There it is. So there are 220 languages and 300 people groups in Houston. 20 to 25% of probably Houstonians go to church. Maybe close you know, to here. Uh, as many churches as we think there are in, on every block, uh, there are a lot of people that do not go to church. And the way he described it was multitudes of unhealthy churches. And we could probably understand that. That's, that's in a lot of areas. But the cool thing is from that trip is we saw it as an intersection of nations. We saw how strategic it was to uh, go down the road and how beneficial it could be to be involved in missions just a, a two hours down. One, one gentleman told us that there's a mosque here and this religion here all within, you know, two minutes of this locality. Uh, so we get asked sometimes, well, can't we, there's, there's a lot of need here in Lufkin. Can't we, can't we just, you know, focus on that? Good question. The answer is yes, we can do that. And all these people out here are ways you can do that and get plugged in. But Mine and Robert's answer, and I think the mission investment team's answer would be um, all the above, uh, locally, regionally, and uh, for, foreign, in the foreign uh, market uh, context. And so we have two of those out here. The trip leaders for Guatemala will be there, Amazon Outreach. Uh, Mr. Steve Trammell over here is one of my heroes. Uh, he talked a few mission Sundays ago, and uh, Brian can tell you that. It was, it was wonderful. He challenged us. And... Go talk to them. Right now with COVID and the vac um, a lot of countries are requiring vaccinations and so forth. Obviously, that's a touchy subject, but it is greatly diminishing people's ability to go overseas right now. And some churches have uh, not been able to send the teams they want. So please, if you have that, go, go talk to them because we are looking for people to fill those, uh, those gaps this year. There is so much more I could talk about, but uh, Mark, you said share your heart. I I'm going to just go ahead and pass it on to Robert because uh, I want to leave something for the mission investment team. So, You are so kind. <laughs> okay, so I, I, I kind of want to start off. First, first thing is, I, 
I know that there's a lot of people that are in this church who are involved in local ministries. I see that every week as we do Christian Men's Job Corps, and I know that there's others involved. Uh, so really, that is an opportunity right there for you to share the gospel. You may not think that's a possibility, but that is that does happen in those ministries. So those ministries are very important. I, I have a tendency, I love missions altogether. I've been several different places, but I have a tendency to be kind of partial to foreign missions, and I will tell you why that is in a couple minutes. But I'll give you a little bit of my history as far as missions. I'm not a student of theology, or I, I haven't been to a seminary or any of that other good stuff uh, that's supposed to make you smarter. Um, and it does, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> so so uh, one thing I, I want to mention real quick that what Jerry was talking about, Houston, and, and I, I, I promise you it's the same here. One of the reasons we ask that question, you've got churches on every street corner now, why do you need more churches? And the question was, is there, I mean, the answer was there's 2,000 people uh, a day or a month moving into Houston. I think it's a month, wasn't it? Moving into Houston. But the main reason is, is because there's unhealthy churches. That's a big deal. There's a lot of churches out there that don't preach the gospel. They don't tell people about Jesus. And so this church happens to be different. And so it's our opportunity to go out and share the gospel. So a little bit of my history, and then I'll make a, a couple of comments, and I'll turn this over to Mark. I started in ministries in the youth department. I ended up going with my daughter back in 99 to Mobile. And we spent six years going to Mobile. And what I figured out about missions from that standpoint was is that when you go on mission trips, God changes your heart. You know, from personally, my personal life testimony, I didn't really know how to tell someone I loved them. Uh, I didn't know how to, to do that. I didn't know if I could love people. There's, you know, a lot of people that are very unlovable, right? Including probably me. But so, so what I learned on that mission trip was, is God spoke to me through a 10-year-old, okay? By the power of the Holy Spirit, he showed me that through his strength, I can love anybody. And so I was taught on that mission trip. After that, I went with Cecil to a, on a trip to Montana. We spent time up there. And then a few years later, and we've, we've done local missions in, in, in here in Lufkin, but a few years later, a couple was uh, moved to Lufkin. They didn't even know why they moved to Lufkin. It was sheer chance that they moved here. Chance, I don't believe in chance. But they ended up here. Okay, and they introduced us to a Indian pastor who came here and spoke. I didn't really know him, but while he was here, his speech, several of us, he touched our hearts. And I thought, okay, I'm going to go to India. You know, I, I may seem bold and all that other stuff, but at that point in my life, I didn't know that I could even make that trip to India. Well, I did. And uh, several of us went from our church. We went with, a few of us went with, with another church. And we did that trip, I think, three years, uh, four years, something like that. But on that very first trip, we figured out, we didn't figure out, but we got in a little bit of, I don't know, disagreement, for lack of a better word. And the problem was, is we as a group thought we had, a, a, we had our itinerary that we wanted to do while we were there. And we figured out that was not what was going on. And after a few days, we started to realize that. And I remember Josh Ferguson, who's sitting over there somewhere, he was with us on that trip. 
probably 16, 17 years old at that point. And he made a comment, okay? And that has stuck with me ever since, ever since my trip to India. And that comment was, is we have easy Christianity in the United States. We do not understand what goes on around the world. We can watch it on the news. We can hear about it on the radio. We can read about it in the paper. But till we go, we don't realize what our Christian brothers and sisters are facing around the world. So what I learned from that trip was is that translates to local missions also, okay? So it's, it's, for me, it's important for people to, to really embrace missions altogether, but should always consider uh, making a trip out of the country, okay? And you may think you cannot do that. I don't have the skills for it. I can't do anything. You know, I just go to church. I'll pray, which is important. I'll give money, which is important. But you're empowered by the Holy Spirit. And when you're empowered by the Holy Spirit, if he calls you to missions, keep your mind open, okay? Because he will take care of you. He will provide what you need to do on that trip. So, so that's why missions is important to me. And I'm going to read a couple of scriptures here. First one is out of, out of Romans. So this is for those of us that are ready for Jesus to come back. Okay, it says, after this, I saw a vast crowd, too great to count, from every nation and tribe and people and language standing in front of the throne before the Lamb. They were clothed in white robes and held palm branches in their hands. Okay, after this, I saw a vast crowd, too great to count, from every nation, every tribe and people. I don't think Jerry mentioned this, but there's almost 7,000 unreached people groups in the world. And that includes here in the United States. Okay, so that's 7,000 people groups that we need to reach if we want Jesus to come back. Because it says from every nation and every tribe and all people. Okay, so that one stands out to me. And then in Romans, see how good I am at working this iPhone. Probably not too good. Okay, this is Romans 10, 15 or 1014, uh, but how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? Again, there comes the power of the Holy Spirit. Without being sent, that is why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of the messengers who, who bring the good news. Okay, so for me, as a believer, as a born-again believer filled with the Holy Spirit, it is our responsibility. We're all missionaries. Uh, you know, Josh and Karen are sitting out there, and they're, they're with a really neat, you need to go by and visit with them, because they're with a really neat uh, ministry in Florida, Ethnos, am I saying that right? 360? It used to be New Tribe Missions, I think, right? And this is a, that goes around the world reaching unreached people groups, and they're going to Florida to build, rebuild that ministry, reach to get it back to where it needs to be. So it's real important for us to understand that, that all of us are missionaries, not just them. Every single one of you are a missionary. That's what it tells us in Scripture. So keep that in mind, and I would just tell you, as these guys speak to you, which, by the way, is a great team, that, that you open your minds and be willing to listen to the Holy Spirit and never say, I can't do it. Just open your minds and listen to what he has to tell you. I think that's all I've got to say. All right. So let me start by saying that 
Um, I have no, Julie and I have no family in East Texas, as you know, now we do. Uh, but, but when we came, we didn't know anybody in East Texas. In fact, we had just seen uh, The Rookie, and we thought that movie represented Texas. And uh, so when we came to interview for this position, we landed at Bush International Airport and saw a lot of trees. And then we were driving up uh, 59, and ahead we saw this truck with orange lights on top. And we realized as we got closer that it was, it was actually a, a, like a street truck, you know, like they're fixing the road. But on the back, there was a bunch of people standing off the back of this truck. And on the back, there was this guy with no shirt on, cowboy hats, jeans, and boots. And as I got close, I watched him jump off the back of the truck onto something. And as I drove by, he was laying on top of an alligator. And it was at that point that I knew that Disney had lied to me, that this wasn't a dust bowl, and we were being called to something amazing. And, uh, but, but I say all that to say this. We are missionaries here. I, I know we're not going to a foreign land, and I know we're Americans, and I, I know that we feel like, that the truth is we are here because God called us. And our mission wasn't to evangelize the community, but to prepare you to evangelize the community. Because you are the missionaries in this community. You are the ministers of this community. So God called us out of Ohio and California to come here and to teach you his word and teach you his plan as missionaries. And so I want to reiterate what Robert just said. You were not born here by chance at this time in history just to, just to live out and then go to heaven. You are on mission, whether you know it or not. And the question for me has always been, am I going to be, uh, not whether or not I like my calling, but am I going to be Jonah or am I going to be Stephen? Both are hard, but which one of those two characters am I going to be? And, uh, and what's cool about this is all of these people here, they're all lay people. Uh, none of them are being paid like me or Adam or Jeff or Alicia to, to do their work. And I know there's a little bit of cynicism while he's paid. When I get on a plane every time and I sit next to a person, the minute I say that I am a pastor, they, they're going to talk about their cousin that's a priest in the Catholic Church. And th th but when you sit down on the plane next to somebody and you start sharing your eternal value system, people perk up. They, you have no vested interest in being a Christian except that it's true. And that's becoming more and more real in the world. And so our job is to disciple you. Having said that, what I want to do now is I'm gonna, we're going to hand the microphone. We'll start with Chaz. And I want you, uh, after you're done singing, I want, I want just to hand it down and share with, share with the church how you ended up in mission work. You're the chairman, right? Chairperson? Wow. Sorry. Woke. <laughs> okay. Whoa. Well, she looked at me like I offended no, her. Well, yes, you be I the, am. So, ready? One, two, three, go. Okay. Well, for those of you who don't know me, I'm Chastity Overby. I've been on the mission investment team. This is going to be my fifth year of a three-year term. Um, so, thanks, Mark. <laughs> had nothing to do with me. It was, never mind. Thanks, COVID. We'll give it to that. So, anyway, um, I've really enjoyed being a part of this team. Um, worked with some great people. We have new team leaders this year, or, or team members this year. We have Linda Langston and Jeff Anderson. Uh, they came on in January, excited about what we're going to do um, this year. Um, my story kind of starts back when I was probably in first or second grade. My parents didn't go to church. We moved, uh, my mother remarried, and we moved to a new town. And in this small town of Tenahaw, Texas, they had a real strong First Baptist Church GA program. Does anybody know what GAs is? Girls in Action. And so um, they invited all the girls from town to come. And um, 
me being a person likes people and uh, having that opportunity, we got to, they would come pick us up after school and take us straight to the church. And, um, you know, we learned about missionaries all over the world and um, just learned about, started to learn about God. I didn't know about God before that. And so um, with that, you know, you hear about all these missionary stories and I started to worry, well, God's gonna call me to China. <laughs> I don't want to be a missionary in China, you know, as, as a little girl, you know, but you also heard the neat things that the Lord was doing there. Um, you know, progress on, you know, become a believer, get baptized, um, get married to a believer, um, come to Carpenter's Way and become a part of a church that is very, very mission-minded. I never, as a, as a child, uh, my parents eventually, through us going to church, uh, started going to church and became believers, um, but they went to a different church in town that didn't really have a strong youth group, which was fine, but, you know, there was a yearning to go and do, we didn't want to go to the church camp that our church went to, it was 10 minutes down the road and they didn't have air conditioning. <laughs> I'm out. So, so, the first youth camp I ever went to was after Jeremy and I got married and we were working in the youth group at Denman Avenue Baptist Church. And so that was, um, that was where our journey as um, missionaries probably began. Um, and so through that, we worked uh, with youth, became part-time youth ministers, became full-time youth ministers, um, moved into a ministry that was support-raised, and then we ended up here at Carpenter's Way. And now we're just lay ministers. So um, I didn't even go on my first mission trip um, my first mission trip was to the Amazon, with Amazon Outreach, and Pam and Kevin. I, and that was a crazy year for me. I had been sick, 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 in the bed six weeks um, in the spring. And once I was well, I was like, the world moved on without me. The ministry moves on without me. Either I'm going to plug in or somebody else is going to do it. So we, I hopped in, raised my money for my trip, and went on my first mission trip that summer and we've never looked back. Um, the next year, we took our kids to, on a big trip to Guatemala, met, um, were plugged in with a missionary's family there that actually grew up here in Lufkin, and we've been taking teams um, and working with that ministry ever since, up until COVID. So that's kind of my story. Um, we're plugged in here. We do the um, another local thing that we do is um, Operation Christmas Child every, every November. Um, and so it is a lot. It's busy, but it's good. I mean, what else am I going to be doing? Sitting in front of the TV watching, you know, the newest episode of whatever or reading the newest book. There's so much more you can get out of ministering and being with people than... Um, than you will ever even know until you just hop in and do it. And so if, if you're here and you've never done any ministry work outside of the church and you're interested, you're not interested in, in international, that's okay. If you like to, if you're not, you don't feel, like I don't feel like I'm a great, I'm great at evangelism. That's okay, it's not my strength, but there are, I have strengths that I can use other places, um, in other areas of ministry. So, um, 
if you don't feel like you're good at evangelism, but you can paint, I got a job for you. I got a place for you. If you feel like that you are better serving and, or just, uh, behind the scenes, you know what? I've got a place for you. If you feel like you're good at teaching, come see us. All of us can find a place for you to serve. If you're willing to serve, we can find a place. If you want to go, you don't, you want to go outside of Lufkin, but you don't want to, you know, I don't want to fly, we've got a place for you. If you want to go somewhere warm, you know, Josh and Karen are moving to Florida. They're going to need you. They're going to need you. They'll do short term. They'll do long term. They'll find a place for you, I promise. They'll find a place for you to come work. And so um, I'm talking to Josh's mom, uh, Melissa, and I was like, you know, I see a road trip to Florida in our, in our near future. So, um, you know, if it's nothing but go and clean their office or watch their kids while they're doing some specific ministry work, there's, there is a, a place for all of us. So just keep that in mind. Me? <laughs> I, uh, yeah, okay, I just found out about um, 30, 40 minutes ago that I was supposed to be up here and face him. But anyway, uh, <laughs> came and got me. Uh, but yes, I do have a, a heart for mission. Um, short that uh, I, my first mission was really with in Mexico with a friend, Joy Frederick. I know a lot of you will know her, love her. She was um, special. Um, we went to, started going to Mexico and uh, helped building a church, loving on the kids. Uh, there's, it, it's like Tessie said, there's everything we can do. Um, I love foreign mission. I love being, there's such a freedom when you go and, and you could just love, love on the people. And they're, they are so lovable. They want to be loved and they want to give that love. First few years that I did go on a mission, it was, it was like, oh, I'm going to go on a mission and I'm gonna, we're going to Americanize the, the people wherever we went. And, you know, God really slapped our hands and said, this is not about you. This is about my will, my work, my time. And um, he, so he kind of revamped all of our attitudes to continue on with, with uh, the mission. And I've been um, to um, Hunters. I've been on the Amazon River, which is fantastic. And, uh, but my heart really was um, in, in Africa years, uh, several years ago, um, the Methodist Church teamed with the Helen Keller Foundation, the NBA, um, Bill Gates Foundation. And over a year's time, we raised over a million dollars. We were able to uh, buy and uh, 100,000 pre-treated malaria nets to take over to Africa. And we went, and there was some that went, took them across the river in boats. We put them up in the houses. We taught them how to maintain the nets. Uh, they were able to get shots. They were able to get food, medicine from um, the um, health, World Health Department. And that was such a truly eye-opener, and especially when you see kids and they looked at you and they would scream in terror. Who bleached this person? <laughs> they had never seen a white person. <laughs> but after a while, they got to love you. But anyway, so, you know, just I, I, just, I love it. I love God has just taught me so much and so much compassion for the people. And I want to say I probably have been blessed more by them than I have blessed them. And uh, But it just, it's anywhere that we go, whatever we do, uh, my job may not be this or that or whatever, but uh, I'm not a teacher. 
um, but I can um, I can blow up balloons and make balloon animals for the kids, <laughs> and uh, and I, and I love that. But um, anyway, so one of the other things is that you know God gives us um, bravery. He gives us things that we need to do. He gives us the strength to go do um, do things. And I know that it's funny when you kind of catch people off guard. Um, and I love doing this, but it's not that I do it. God just puts it through my mouth, but I know I was at the hospital with um, my husband just had back surgery, and I get lo- I have no sense of directions. I'm so ADD, dyslexic, dy- you know, the whole thing. So, you know, it's really interesting because I do find a lot, I do get to meet a lot of people that way. <laughs> and I was wandering around the hall and trying to find where am I going now? So anyway, the, somebody, one, one of the uh, staff said, um, there's three of them were walking together and said, are you lost? I said, oh, no, I'm following Jesus, but I am displaced. <laughs> so, you know, kind of, kind of that way. But, and then, uh, you know, not that I've been really connected, but I have gone throughout the years to a church. Uh, it's called uh, Church Under the Bridge. It's in Waco, Texas. And it's amazing. Uh, Pastor Durrell is a, a professor at, at uh, Baylor University. He's the one that started the church. And he has done a remarkable, remarkable job with the people and with the, the staff there. So just a few weeks, um, a few months ago, Donnie and I went, were, uh, went to see our grandson, and we were taking him to the church in the bridge. And we stopped by, and they used to be on 35, well, it's, they demolished that, and now they're meeting in uh, what they call a silo, which Joanna Gaines, Chip Gaines, have allowed them to use their facilities on Sunday. There's about three or 400 people there. And um, at times, but anyway, so I, we had stopped at a little convenience store, and there was this homeless man that was walking around, and I was just looking at where they had tor- torn down the church, and I was telling Don where this was and where this used to be in the stage and everything. And, and this guy, this homeless guy, walked up and he said, uh, he said, yeah, that was the church under the bridge. He said, yeah, they, they've torn it all down. And I look, I looked at him and I said. Um, I just, I looked at him, I said, yeah, I've been there. And I said, you may know my friend. And he looked at me, looked at me, he said, yeah, and I know his father too. I mean, and I was like, oh, thank you, Jesus. (laughs) And anyway, it it doesn't matter where you go, what you do. Uh, Let the Holy Spirit lead. Just be bold, be, you know, compassionate. I've got stories after stories that people that I have Met just just saying you know um, homeless people or whatever, or just saying you know uh, I have a friend and you may know him may not but you know I'd love for you to get to know him, and they'd say well who is it? No, it's Jesus, you know he's here for all of us, and it's just I mean I, I don't know it's just amazing I love the Lord I love um, the mission trips I've loved every place that I've I've been and God has just blessed blessed me so much. So my involvement with the mission investment team really started with Mission Sunday. And Jared and I have been friends since high school, and I've known, um, and I've been coming here since then, but I've, I've known of all these mission trips, but I haven't really gotten involved with them. And I will confess to y'all, when I'm sitting out there and I'm listening to this, my default is... I'm already too busy with kids and with work and with this and that. And I just kind of try to turn my brain off to be like, no, that's, Jared will go again. He can get off work. 
you know. <clears throat> He's on staff. Um, but, <clears throat> but it wasn't until, until Mission Sunday when I started talking to them about um, the Brazil trip, and then that's what led me to want to go to that. And <clears throat> another ministry um, that I'm involved in now is Christian Men's Job Corps, and I really didn't know about that. I may, <clears throat> I may have talked to Clay Alverson, you know, ever so often, but not until he had a booth set up that I was like, whoa, this is something that I'd want to be involved in. And I think um, something that Pastor Robert said with that, you know, going on mission ships changes your heart. I think that's absolutely true. And I, I feel like that for local missions too, being involved in Christian Men's Job Corps and Jobs for Life. It, everything that's taught there that I, if I'm teaching it or if Jared's teaching it, it's, I, I need to be taught that. I need to be reminded um, every week, really, that you know my goal, my plan, the reason I go to work, the reason I work hard is for God's glory, and it's a great thing to help refocus. So I, I encourage to be involved in, in local stuff, too. It's, it's been a real blessing. So. Hey, my name is Jeff Anderson. So... Really what drew me into missions was I helped in the children's department for many years. If you've ever done that, there's anything's easier than that. So <laughs> that's why I'm here today. Yeah. God bless you, Alicia Bonin. Um, anyway, and this is the first I'm hearing we're not getting paid. So <laughs> I'm not sure uh, how long this will last. But anyway. Now, if you're, I've been visit on a number of if you're trips. visiting, our church is funny. It's, yeah. it's just funny. <laughs> Anyway, I've been on a number of, of foreign missions, um, you know, been to Honduras, Rwanda, and, and a number of different places, but one of the coolest things we did is family mission trip uh, in the church we're at before coming here and, and going and serving with our whole family. That was, that was awesome, and they had a variety of things we could do, so there were things that the youngest kids could help with BBS, all the way up to, to food distribution and ministering and stuff, so I've done a lot of that, but, but my heart is really... Uh, local missions and just seeing our community, everyone we interact with coming to know Christ. Um, I feel like everything in the Bible, you know, if it, it either points you to being a follower of Jesus or then going out and sharing that with other people. I mean, we see that example of Christ, the apostles. Uh, we have the commands to go and do that. So, you know, if we believe what the word says, I just feel like it's overwhelmingly compelling to, hey, if you believe in me, then go out and share that uh, with other people. So, that's what draws me to it. I'm, I feel honored to, to be a part of this team. Uh, I'm new, still trying to figure out what, what we're doing here, but so far I, I love it. I love our church's heart for missions. Uh, I love the way that we don't pour a ton of money into our building, um, if you haven't noticed. But <laughs> just kidding, it's great. <laughs> but I do love it. I love that. I, I don't want to go to a church where we're spending millions of dollars on buildings and you know, $50 on missions. I could care less. Let's pour that money into people knowing Christ. So, Thank you. So what was the original question? <laughs> why, don't you, why don't you just talk about how missions has impacted your life? <laughs> oh, um, so I'm Dana Hughes. I grew up going to Carpenter's Way. Um, I first started going on mission trips in high school with my mom and the Hudsons, and we would go to Brazil every year. Um, with Amazon Outreach. Um, and so that was really eye-opening for me as a high school kid where everything's really black and white. Um, just seeing that people lived differently than I did, um, the conditions people lived in, um, 
the heart of people across the world. And I mean, that really, I mean, it changed my life then. It gave me um, a passion for other cultures, other people groups. Um, you know, also as now a parent, as a high school kid seeing the adults in my life um, travel across the world to minister to people, um, to offer medical needs, to share their testimonies with people across the world um, was really impactful for me. Um, so then I went to college, and after college, I, um, my mom and Pam highly encouraged I go back to Brazil. Um, and I kind of reluctantly agreed. Um, and on the flight to Brazil, there was a nice young man who just happened to be sitting next to me on the flight. Um, and he's now my husband, Sam Hughes. Um, so I'm not saying go on a mission trip to find, to meet someone, <laughs> but, but it worked out great for us. Um, no, um, I think that's what really gave me a heart for missions was going on um, the Brazil trip. And I've been on others through um, physical therapy school. I've been to Guatemala. Um, and I think anytime I've gone on that trip, I'm, I'm a little type A. Um, I like itineraries and I, I like to stay on them. Um, and that's not really how especially global missions work. You have to step back and let God work. Um, and that um, you have to really trust him. You have to say, here I am, send me, Where, how, can I, how can I serve today? Um, and that is also just, um, I can't control the situation, right? You have to, you have to give it to God in those moments. Um, and that's what mission work has taught me. Um, and, and then locally getting involved, just being able to give back to the community, right? We have so many, our church is so involved. You guys are so involved. Um, and that's what I've learned being a part of the mission investment team already is um, just what a giving church we are. Um, so, yeah. So, um, I had all these great questions, but they answered most of them. So, uh, what I want to ask for uh, two more questions that I'm going to ask you guys to answer uh, before we end is uh, how do you decide? So, obviously, God wanted the theme today to be get involved. And you're hearing not just internationally, but also locally. Um, and I, let me, I'm going to give you an example of why that matters in just a second, but there are two questions I'd like you to answer. Number one, how do you guys decide on what missionaries to support? Because you get more requests than you can, correct? Is that fair to assume? Okay. So I think that's a fair question to ask. And the second thing is, is maybe one or two of you can share what you've learned since being involved so heavily now in missions. What do you wish the average Carpenter's Way person understood about missions? Okay. But, but let, me, let me give you a very practical, real-world example. And this is a little, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be vulnerable here, and some of you are going to be that wasn't vulnerable, but give me a second. I really have a heart for what's going on in Ukraine right now. Uh, I'm really, my heart is really with Ukraine. I'm blown away by the courage. Uh, it makes me think a lot about my own courage for the Lord, blah, blah, blah. Um, I've been watching Twitter because I'm obsessed with news and information and what's going on. And one of the things that happened is that India has stayed on the sidelines because they're good friends with Russia. And my flesh is like, ah, how can you do that? And immediately I remembered the faces of the people I know in India. And I thought, this, this would be tragic for it to turn into a world war. And I, I know nobody wants a world war, but it was personal. Because the people are not the government. 
Uh, the people, the people, they're just people. They're just trying to live. Uh, I remember going, and I went with Cecil when he was running our Brazil. Bef before uh, Pam and Kevin ran the Brazil team, Cecil started it. I think he built the relationship. Didn't start Amazon Outreach, but took us on those trips. And I remember sitting, and I think Cecil was there with, with a... Uh, a person in a village, and we were just we were just hanging out. So I asked a question that I normally wouldn't ask. I said, "So, what do you think of the United States of America?" And they looked at me and they went, "Think of it. What does that mean?" And it struck me that they don't care about the United States of America. <laughs> they don't care about our president. They don't care about our politics. And we weren't there to talk about it. We were there to talk about Jesus. And it doesn't matter if you're serving at the Salvation Army, or uh, you know, uh, Seasons of Hope or Mosaic Center, or Pregnancy Help Center, their politics don't matter. Their eternity does, big time. And all of a sudden, you're still, and I say this every Sunday, I am conservative politically, but it's becoming less influential over my brain than it ever has, because I've fallen in love with the people who may not agree with me morally and politically, because that is why I'm here. That's really, really why I'm here. And so it's, it had an effect on me. My, my, uh, my ministry outside of the US and with people in this community that aren't white, middle-class, Carpenter's Way people, uh, I have found an empathy and a compassion that I normally wouldn't have. And so when words come out of my mouth like, those, I find myself going, yeah, let's pray. I, I, don't, I don't know how to explain it other than that. And if you want to find peace in this world in the midst of the chaos that is this world in this country, Stop just living and waiting for things to be righted and go out there and do something. And it doesn't have to be in Brazil or Honduras or India. It can be at the Salvation Army. It, it, and so be involved. And all of a sudden, you'll find yourself falling in love with people and less in love with po politics. That was my experience. Okay. So um, what was my first question? About, I don't remember. The my first question. question was about how we decide who we yeah. support. Yes, practically. Okay. As, as a mission investment team, um, first of all, we send out applications to existing partners and then to the new partners that are interested in, in coming on um, and, and partnering with us as a church. Um, they fill it out. Um, as a team, we all get copies of it. We pray about it. Um, there's a couple of questions on there. One of the main questions that we look at is, do you agree with Carpenter's Way Statement of Faith? That's huge, you know? We have, to, we have to know that they're going to be agreeing uh, in agreement with us and that our money that we're sending and our prayers and our partnership with them is going to be a huge part of it. Is it easy to tell somebody no because they don't mark that little box because of one, one uh, difference in, in what they believe? It is very hard. It makes us sad. Do we not? We still, we still pray for them. We still uh, try to keep in touch with them and all that stuff, but we can't support them financially. Um, it's a process. Um, we usually put a deadline for like September, I think, the first of September, and then we do our final decisions after the, the uh, budget for the next year is uh, finalized. And so, um, it's we 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 don't take any of it lightly. Um, we read through it. We um, another thing that we kind of what one thing that we do like is. To have a personal connection with Carpenter's Way, um, that makes a huge difference. You know, have we seen these people face to face? Have, do, we know, um, do we know something about them? Are they going to come see us? Are they going to send us 
updates? Are they going to, you know, are they somebody that we could actually go and help and partner with um, in their ministry? So that's that's kind of part of it, a lot of it. And it's it's a so just so you know, in most Baptist churches, the pastors run all this. We don't. Not even Robert and, and Jared, they, they make these decisions. Having said that, it's a year-to-year -year contract with them, right? So, so uh, we... Yeah, Jared and I don't vote. This is a five-member team, five team that makes a decision on who to support. It doesn't mean we don't try to give them direction or answer questions or things like that, but it's their decision. And we trust this team because we know they're prayerful. We know they've... One of the requirements to be on this team is to have been on missions because unless you've been on missions, you don't understand what missionaries go through, okay? If you've been involved with them, you have a tendency to know what they go through, and so it affects the way you think, okay? So it's real important that before you can be on this team, that's one of the criteria is that you have been on a mission team. But we trust this team. This is a great team. They make great decisions. Um, yeah, I, I don't, I, I think that's it. We don't, you know, what Chastity says exactly how we do it. Um, we do get a lot of requests we don't, we, we're not able to support. And we try, you know, like this year, we maybe not add anybody. We may build up our missionaries that we have. We just make that decision every year. We try to, try to look at their financials. If they have one, it's hard to get financials from India. It's hard to get financials from Brazil because they don't do see whatever it is you know they're not government agencies they don't they don't have <laughs> they don't have financials necessarily but it's but it's a great opportunity for the team i mean they they do a really good job of deciding who to support how often are they involved uh, how often do they hear from the missionaries we support each team member is, is responsible for so many missionaries and they contact them at least once a month some of them are hard to get a hold of it's hard to get a hold of mario on the on the river uh, because there's no cell service <laughs> Okay, so sometimes they're hard to get a hold of, but we're just persistent. And I think, personally, uh, old school is you give your money, you give your money, you don't ever see the missionary. You're not ever involved with the missionary, you just give them money. But when you start touching missionaries, I think they value that because they know someone cares enough with, about them to at least contact them and find out what's going on. Uh, you may ask some of them that while, while you're out there, but that's a very important thing to happen is for us to be able to touch them. And they change our lives, too. So does that kind of answer your question? Everybody, real quick, go down. One minute each, uh, and then we're done. What is one thing that you have learned now that you're really actively involved in missions you wish the congregation understood? I think it's trusting... Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I know. I think I think it's it's trusting uh, trusting God. I think having the support of the team and knowing that uh, we're going to follow God. You know, there's many many missions out there, but we can do that with our time, our money, and especially our prayers. And I'm ready now. Um, how many opportunities there are locally to be involved that aren't just super time consuming? Um, right now, I've got a two-year-old, and I'm expecting the next one. And um, I don't feel called to go on a foreign mission trip to Brazil or travel really far away from my family. Um, they're my primary mission field. But there are a lot of ways um, that I can still be involved the mission investment team um, through the church, donating items, praying, helping the Salvation Army. Um, there's just 
there are, there's actually a lot. Donating items to Seasons of Hope. Um, so if you're looking for those ways, because like Brian said, you feel like, oh man, I just have so much going on, um, they're out there. So reach out to any of us because um, we're in contact with a lot of the local missionaries. All right, so I think of, you know, what were my impediments to, to do a mission? So time, ability, money, and I would just say on the ability thing, I think my thought before doing missions is, man, I've got to be a really good evangelist and be able to, you know, effectively witness, and, and a lot of mission work is not that. It's giving, it's serving, it's uh, construction projects, it's feeding people, so, you know, don't let that be an impediment. You know, that's, some people are called to do that. A lot of us are called to just support and build and give, and so uh, just get involved. Mine would be, like I said, just a small amount of your time makes a big impact on your heart and refocuses you. All right, so we're going to close in prayer. Uh, Brian, I'm going to have you close in prayer because you really want to talk a lot today. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and then I encourage you, children are going to go on to their next class. At 11.30, they're going to be done. We want the children's Bible study leaders to be able to interact too out here. So that's why we're doing that. Students, you're going to go to the student room and come back. Take some time. And even if it's once a year, we've got Operation Christmas Child. We load trucks. That's mission work. That's mission work. It isn't uh, so. So be involved. Let me close. Uh, Brian, why don't you close yep. in prayer? Let's pray. God, I thank you for blessing us. Um, I thank you for our church and how we're involved in missions. God, I pray that you um, use this Sunday to that we just refocus our hearts on you um, and we get to be a blessing to our missionaries. Um, God, we do all this for your glory and it's in Christ's name, amen. All right, go talk to him. Go talk to our missionaries. Good job. That was so good.